Coming up on Studios America, Glenn Beck is here to enlighten us on Joe Biden's attempts to assassinate the Constitution. Speaking of the president, his approval ratings continue to plummet. Obviously, I'll tell you the reasons why. And another day, another person suspended for speaking their mind. Today, we're heading over to ESPN. As we do, Sage Steele. Stu does America. Ah, another day, another freaking catastrophe. (laughs) This is how it works in this country. No one's allowed to say anything anymore. It's not allowed. You're not allowed to express your opinion. You're not allowed to be honest about what you believe anymore in this country. And every day we see more and more examples of this. Today, I want to talk to you about Sage Steele. If you don't know Sage Steele, she's an anchor at ESPN, uh, one of their most uh, prominent anchors and one of their most accomplished uh, anchors. And I want to set all that aside for a second and let you in a little bit behind the curtain, because obviously we work in media here and we know a lot of people in media, particularly people who are behind the scenes. And I will tell you this. I know a lot of people who have worked at ESPN and without even the slightest exception, every person I've ever met who has interacted with Sage Steele loves Sage Steele. She is the reviews, the Yelp reviews are in and they're fantastic. Everybody says she's the nicest person in the world. She's the smartest person. I mean, honestly, I don't even know her and I'm sick of hearing the compliments. That's the sort of thing that goes on behind the scenes at ESPN. People think she is fantastic and she treats people with respect. She remembers every person's name who walks in, who just worked with her for a couple of days and on and on and on and on and on. This is not the case with someone like Jamel Hill. And we can get into her here in just a second. In fact, it's not the case with anybody in media. We're all insane. Okay, that's the thing. Everybody you see on television is nuts. Everybody you listen to on radio is nuts. Sage Steele seems to be legitimately one of the only exceptions to this rule in all of media. So why not throw her out of the business? Certainly seems like a logical place to go. Uh, If you don't know this story, Sage Steele said some stuff on a podcast uh, with Jay Cutler, former NFL quarterback. Uh, And they were controversial. Before we get into the specifics of what she said, I want to go through the statements that came out afterward. Now, ESPN released a statement on the uh, incident, which is one of the single dumbest things any organization has ever uttered. And if you watch this show, you know we cover a lot of examples in that realm. So there's a lot to compare it to, but it's just so simply stupid that I have to give it to you in full. At ESPN, we embrace different points of view. Dialogue and discussion make this place great. That said, we expect those points of view to be expressed respectfully in a manner consistent with our values and in line with our internal policies. We are having direct conversations with Sage and those conversations will remain private. If you would leave the statement up here for a second, because I want to highlight one specific point, if it's at all possible. At ESPN, we embrace different points of view in a manner consistent with our values. Well, what if the point of view is something you disagree with. You can't, we were, basically what they're saying here is we, exp- we uh, respect different points of view as long as they agree with ours, which means you don't respect different points of view. Fundamentally, 
that's what is at the core of this, of course. Uh, Sage Steele did come out with a, uh, a statement of her own. Uh, and she says, I know my recent comments created controversy for the company, and I apologize. We are in the midst of an extremely challenging time that impacts all of us, and it's more critical than ever that we communicate constructively and thoughtfully. All right. So she was suspended, and uh, she uh, you know, made a, a very company-friendly statement. Again, she doesn't seem like the type of person who wants to garner all sorts of controversy. She's not a politically uh, outspoken person. She's not Jamel Hill, right? She's not trying to make her name off of this and that racial controversy. She's not trying to get in everybody's faces. She's just trying to do a good job and remain loyal to her, her character and her core. That, there's nothing wrong with that. That used to be the thing we strived to, to see in America. But now when we see it, we run from it. We're terrified. We're terrified of seeing it. Um, let me give you the comments that got her into some trouble. The first one is about vaccines. Now, the GRIA was a website, which I know you're probably your homepage, right? You're probably there all the time. They describe Sage Steele as, quote, one of the more prominent conspiracy theorists regarding the vaccine. Which is a is a bonkers thing to say, because as you watch the clip, you'll might you might note you might be able to see a Band-Aid on her arm, which came from her being vaccinated. So it's an odd thing to do to get vaccinated if you're one of the most prominent conspiracy theorists regarding the vaccine. But apparently that's where we are. Uh, she was talking about the mandate of the vaccine at ESPN. Watch. I, I think to mandate, I respect everyone's decision. I really yeah. do. Yeah. But to mandate it is um, sick. Mm -hmm. And it's scary yeah. to me in many ways. Um, but I have a job, yeah. a job that I love and frankly, a job that I, that I need. But again, I love it. I just um, I'm not surprised it got to this point, especially mm -hmm. with Disney. I mean, a, a global company. Like yes. So she is, um, if I put it in ESPN's words, uh, embracing different points of view and respecting other points of view, as she says, you can do what you want to do, right? You want to get the vaccine? Fine. I, she didn't seem to want to get the vaccine, um, but she got it because it was part of her job requirements and she decided to go along with that. Now, is that a crazy point of view? In fact, not only is it a crazy point of view, it is exactly the outcome that the policy is designed to obtain. Sage Steele isn't, obviously, she's not anti-vaccine, she is uh, a person who got the vaccine, but she got the vaccine largely because they required her to. At least that's you know, my assumption by reading uh, by kind of reading into her comments here that why else do you mandate it other than to get this to occur? Now, I, as you know, watching the show, I don't agree with people and companies and, and, and governments mandating the vaccine. But if you're trying to mandate the vaccine, you're trying to get someone like Sage Steele, who doesn't really want to get it, you're trying to make their life uncomfortable and you're trying to force them to get it. Well, didn't they get what they wanted here? But no, it's never enough. Now, even when she is vaccinated, she is also not doing enough. She's supposed to, I guess, come out and be a cheerleader for the policy that forced her to get a vaccine she didn't want to get? Possibly. I don't, I don't know her actual opinion on whether she wanted to get the vaccine. I'm reading into it, as I mentioned. But I will say it's important to note 
this sort of discrepancy here. And as many else, uh, others have noted, she wound up getting COVID a few days later. Um, now, of course, many would correctly point out she would not be fully vaccinated after only one shot in a couple of days. But still, uh, the irony isn't lost, I think, on a lot of people. Um, she also talked about uh, race. And she's not, I don't think, known as someone who's constantly out there diving into every racial controversy by any means. Uh, she was asked a question about race and in the census in particular, and this is how she answered it. Uh, when you fill out your census, I'm like, well, I don't know when the last time I filled out my census was, but yeah. if they make you choose a race, yeah. she's like, what are you going to put? I go, well, both. She's like, well, you can't. He goes, well, what if Barack Obama chose black and he's biracial? I'm like, well, congratulations to the president. That's his thing. I go, I think that's fascinating consider, considering his black dad was nowhere to be found, but his white mom and grandma raised him. But hey, mm -hmm. you do you. I'm going to do me. Okay, this is a person, and this is going to be shocking to a lot of people out there. This is a person who thinks for herself. Right? Just because the president chose something doesn't mean she has to choose it. And what she says there is, look, you know, she happens to be biracial uh, and she says she's both. The president chose black. Well, good for him. And she correctly notes that Barack Obama chose black, uh, even though her uh, her father, his father, excuse me, was really nowhere around. I really didn't want anything to do with him, frankly. Uh, his, it was his white family who wound up uh, raising him largely. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that he should choose white on the on the racial form. In fact, you know, the racial form is silly. It's not even giving either one of these people the option of what they actually are. But he decided to choose black. And that is, as she notes. His choice. You might note this as her being respectful of someone else's decisions. The thing that I think, as ESPN pointed out, they embrace different points of view. She embraced his point of view. She has a different one. ESPN didn't embrace hers. This is a massive problem throughout our society. It's just always ESPN because ESPN's always the worst at it. So that was not the only thing that got her into trouble. She had one other comment that became a problem for Sage Steele here as she was on the Jay Cutler podcast. This is talking about people, uh, women in her industry. Watch. I do think as women, we need to be responsible as well. It isn't just on players and athletes mm -hmm. and coaches to act a certain way. When you dress like that, yeah. I'm not saying you deserve the gross comments, but you know what you're doing when you're putting that outfit on too. Yeah. Like women are smart. So don't play coy and put it all on the guys. I know it was a controversial uh, opinion. Women are smart. Uh, I guess you can't even say that anymore. What's interesting about this is this became a big blow up. Uh, see, uh, Jamel Hill, the one we were, uh, woman we were talking about earlier, uh, she says, so on top of thinking pre former President Obama shouldn't identify as black because he didn't have a relationship with his black father, Sage Steele also thinks female journalists who dress a certain way know what you're doing when you're putting that outfit on. Clown behavior. Look, if... I don't know. Let's just say Jay Cutler was like, I can't believe the way these women dress these days. It's just terrible. And they are just uh, they're creating all sorts of problems and they deserve the cat calls. Should he get in trouble for that? I mean, people would be really pissed off about that. And, and, and that would be a pretty ridiculous comment. Looking at it from a different perspective here, 
Sage Steele is a prominent and successful woman in her industry. Giving other women in her industry guidance on how they might want to consider their uh, their own actions is not something that usually is looked down upon. If she's trying to say, look, this isn't how it should be, which, by the way, she noted, but this is kind of how it is. So watch out for this pitfall and this pitfall and this pitfall. Do what you can to control your surroundings and your situation. That's something that we would normally lift up and we would say, hey, you know, uh, here's a person who is really successful in the industry. She doesn't need to talk to, you know, young reporters or young people working at ESPN, doesn't need to give them advice, doesn't need to take them under her wing. But she's trying to give some advice about what is what are best practices what are the things that you might not even be aware of? You know, a lot of people, when they come into a new industry, probably don't know that there's a bunch of dirt bags around them. They don't know uh, how to avoid those situations. And, you know, others might think, well, I, I want to dress a certain way to elicit a certain reaction. And maybe that's not the best way to do it. Do it with your brains. Don't do it with your body. She's giving basic advice that I think everyone should believe. This does not excuse disgusting behavior from men. Obviously. And you know how I know she believes that she said it in the same freaking clip. I, you know, I looked at the Jamel Hill tweet, didn't see that part quoted in it. This is just an attempt to take somebody out for no reason. No reason other than this society we have at this point is completely uncomfortable with an independent female voice having that voice in public and expressing opinions that she believes. And by the way, in all of the clips saying that she doesn't doubt someone else's ability to make that choice for themselves. That's the American spirit. That is the American foundation to say, hey, I might be opinionated on this thing. I'm going to tell you what I think about it. But you know what? You make your own choice. That's how we're all supposed to live. Notice how so many on the left have totally abandoned that idea. There is no connection to a world in which you can say what you believe and you are going to completely um, uh, be okay with what others believe. That's supposed to be the way it is. And I think for a long time it was that way. But not anymore. We've abandoned this idea for some sort of weird uh, standardization of thought that the left gets to assign to us and we all have to adhere to. Well, I got news for you. This is the United States of America. It's not going to work. That sort of crap is not going to go over on the American people. At least not all of us. A lot of us are here to stand up for what we believe in. And we will sit here and we will say, hey, you do what you do. But that's not going to stop me from, from, from saying what I believe. It's not going to change me. Your little edicts, your little mandates, all the things that you say you're going to implement on our lives are not going to change us. We're going to stand up for what we believe and we're going to take that all the way to the end. Because... That's a core part of what America is.
So are you buying or selling a home? Are you in the real estate market right now? If you are, you need a real estate agent that you can trust. Yes, you need the best in your area. You know, this is the market in action. You know, a lot of times, like, you know, when you have, a, if you have a doctor that you think is crappy, you don't keep going back to the same doctor. Uh, you know, if you have a, if you have a restaurant that, that keeps serving you mediocre food, you don't keep going back there. With real estate agents, a lot of times, it's like, well, I know that person and I'd feel bad if I didn't go back to them. That's not the right way to think about a real estate agent. The right way to think about a real estate agent is here's a person who is helping you get through your most important financial transaction, the one that you can't screw up. So you better find the best person in your area. The place to go to find that person is realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. Get more information at realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a, a company that Glenn started several years ago to help you find the best agent in your area. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Joining me once again in the illustrious Stu Bergier Studios is Glenn Beck. His new special starts immediately after this program at 9 p.m. Eastern, so be sure not to miss it. Tonight is harmful content, how King Biden is killing the Constitution. Glenn, thanks for coming in. I'm here. Yeah, I, I, you've, you've done it. You've arrived, and thank you for doing that. I'm here. Okay. Get to it. <laughs> Tonight, big special. Um, mm -hmm. And I think uh, this is coming, this comes from, I think, a long stretch here uh, of the show and, and your career where you've uh, talked about the importance of knowing our foundations, knowing our principles, knowing our founding documents. Uh, you've been harping on this for quite a long time. Yeah. Why is it even more important now? Because everything that we're talking about means nothing without those principles. We're, we're arguing back and forth on whether we should have vaccines or whether the government should ask the banks to, you know, check all the rich people's bank accounts to make sure they're not doing anything shady. All of these things are happening. They're, they're starting to weaponize the IRS. They're weaponizing the FBI. Can they do those things? The answer is clearly, clearly no. Um, but we go back and forth and, and argue about it. And most of the people on our side can't articulate why. Um, and, you know, it's helpful if you read the Constitution or if you read the Bill of Rights. Um, but I'm going to give you a really easy breakdown on how to just have a thumbnail sketch of can the government do that? And just... You just ask yourself a few questions. I'll show you the process tonight. You ask yourself a few questions. You're like, hmm, nope, no, they can't do that. Yeah. And this they is going to be a chalkboard show. Chalkboard. Right? Many, yes. many chalkboards. <laughs> Plentiful yes. chalkboards. Um, I think like one of the things I think has been a marker of the Biden administration in particular is this is this idea that they know they can't do a lot of the things they're doing. And yet they just keep doing them anyway. And mm -hmm. they basically dare the courts to overturn them. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. We'll just do it. And worst case scenario, we'll have it for a few months or whatever. Or a few years. A few years. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw that with, the, I think, the eviction ban yep. that falls into that category. We know uh, what happened at DACA on the border was that example of that with Obama. We know with vaccine mandates. Vaccine mandates. Like, I mean, again, how many times have we said this? But. There's still no vaccine mandate rule so from the Biden is, administration. This is the most clearly impeachable thing I've, I've seen in my lifetime. Mm. Because this one is truly about 
the constitutional rule of law. The executive branch is there not to veto bills that they don't like. That's what it's turned into. Yeah. But the president's veto power is, I believe that to be unconstitutional. And I won't sign this into law because it's unconstitutional. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then it goes to the Supreme Court to find out if it's, if it's constitutional or not. The president, who's supposed to be the last gap of the two branches, the last stop on not constitutional guys, you're going to have to go do it again. He's now not protecting and defending the Constitution. He's trying to thwart the Constitution. He's doing it saying, I don't think we have the ability to do it, or I'm not going to, I don't have the ability to do it, but let the court work it out. Yeah, I I think the eviction ban might be the most pure example of this. Yes. Because even DACA, like Obama said, I don't think I can do this. And then he did it anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. The eviction ban was much worse than that. They put it into place again through the CDC, which is obviously not the organization you would use for a housing issue. Unless uh, if you wanted Philip Drew, yeah, unless, administrator. Unless you wanted to go around the system and mm-hmm. have your experts do whatever they had to do. Um, but he put it in. It went up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, you can't really do this. I know it's only got a couple of weeks until it expires, so we're not going to do anything. But this is obviously not okay. It went back to the White House after hearing from the Supreme Court. And the White House then said, we can't do it. The Supreme Court said, no, we can't do it. He got so much pressure from the left. He said, all right, well, we'll just do it anyway. And, and then we'll at least get, you know, I don't know, four or eight weeks before they overturn it. We'll at least get that time. That is blatantly impeachable. I mean, an outward, uh, with the knowledge that it's not constitutional, doing it anyway to get a few weeks of your priorities through. Is, so I mean, that's just this is why we can't we, we, we have to change tactics here. Um, we can't argue about all of their little bills here and there and even mm-hmm. the spending bill. Mm. Look at the framework that is infrastructure. The framework that is in that bill is wholly unconstitutional. OK, it can't pass. We need people who will stand up and say, I took an oath to protect and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And we have domestic enemies of the Constitution actively working to thwart it. And it's inside our own government. We've got to go back to because people don't know. They, they don't know how to solve these problems. They're too complex. They're too big. No, they're not. They're very, very simple. All of our problems are stemming from the fact that we have violated the Constitution. This system cannot work. A constitutional republic cannot stand in, oppo- in opposition to the Constitution. And that's what's happening. Everything that they're doing is opposed to the very system they say they're protecting. But they're not protecting it. They're destroying it. That's another thing we all have to we all have to wake up on and say, look, I don't care how you voted. I don't care how you voted. Do you believe in the Bill of Rights? Do you believe that all men are created equal? Do you believe that you have a right to free speech and free press and the government shouldn't be involved in any of that? Do you believe that you are innocent until proven guilty? Do you believe that the government can't just come in and start going through your stuff to try to find a crime? Mm. Those are all gone. Those are all gone right now. And unless we stand and unless we stop saying, 
you know, but you want to do this and you're trying to give away that amount of money and forget about all of that. You've got to go to the foundation. You have to go back to the Bill of Rights. And quite honestly, I mean, we had a conversation today about the national divorce. I will never secede from the United States because I want to follow the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence. Those are my country's founding principles and the principles I still hold. I'm not seceding from the United States. You don't like it. You can secede. But we are we are now coming to a place to where we have to start asking our friends and neighbors, don't talk to me about politics. Don't talk to me about the Democrats and the Republicans. Don't tell me what about ism. Don't bring up Donald Trump and I won't bring up Joe Biden. I want to know these things from you. Do you believe in freedom of speech? If so, where where how far does that go? Freedom of the press. What should the government do? Do they have a right? There's some great writings on freedom of the press because we did the um, not the Insurrection Act, but the Sedition Act under James uh, or um, uh, John Adams. And there's some great writings back and forth from the founders, the people who actually wrote all of this stuff. And they were going back and forth on. But but what if the press is outwardly lying and they know it. The decision of the founders were, you gotta trust the people to figure it out. You cannot have the government deciding what's true and what's not. And that's gone, I think, on gone. both sides of the aisle, honestly. Gone. I, I don't think either side embraces that no. decision anymore. And it must be that way. Yeah. But we have an obligation to know what we're talking about. So let's talk about tactics here, because I think I, I think most people at least inherently would agree with you, right, uh, that we need to know these foundations. We need to understand them a lot better. So but it, when it comes to actually tactics pushing back on this, there was an interesting uh, sort of online debate that happened between a friend of the radio show, Tim Poole, who's been on a few times, um, and, uh, and several of the people who, who listen to him and follow him. And he kind of brought up a point basically like he said on the vaccine mandates, he opposes them. And he said, if you get your kid vaccinated, if you get your va- vaccine because you, your work says uh, that you need to have it, and you don't just quit, then you're not really against vaccine mandates. You're not really standing up. And we need people who are going to stand up now. Is that something, is that, is that a fair standard? Um, I think it's an unreasonable standard in practice, but an absolutely fair standard in concept. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have to pick and choose how far we're willing to go. But if you're not willing to stand now, you will not stand in the future. You won't. Because it's only going to get tougher from here. Look at Sage Steele. Look what she said. Did she say anything inflammatory, bomb throwing, horrible that should be she should be erased from the uh, the public square and lose her job at ESPN? No, no, no. They're demanding full compliance. And if you don't go away, if you don't if you don't then become a fan and a flag bearer for it. Yeah, because they got full compliance from Sage Steele. She eventually got the shot. Even though she didn't really want to get it, she got it. I was reading about a priest. I can't remember his name, um, but he was in Germany, and it's 1943, and he believes that Adolf Hitler is the Antichrist. Okay, 
and um, they try to get him to swear allegiance. And the, the swearing of allegiance used to be like ours, protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. When Hitler took over, it became, I will do everything and I swear my allegiance to Adolf Hitler. And he said, I won't do it. I will swear my allegiance to the Reich. I will swear my to the Constitution, but I am not going to swear it to this man. I, I won't do it. Good decision. Right. Um, that wasn't good enough. That wasn't good enough. He ended up being executed. They actually beheaded him in like 1942. Maybe not as good a decision as yeah, that. Huh? Well, I mean, I think <laughs> no, he made the well, right decision, but right because he stands in history, I guess. But I mean, that it, it is that is the the debate. I mean, that's an extreme example of it, yeah. as everything always is in yeah. in Hitler's Germany. But like, you know, Sage Steele could say, look. I'm not getting this done. And she could make a big show of it. And people would watch her video online when she says I'm leaving ESPN because I won't get my vaccine. Or she can keep the job she loves and get the, the get the shot. And that that is a tough. Now, you know, look, this breaks down in different ways. There's different varieties of this. A, a lot of people are like, well, I don't really care about getting it. But if they really want me to get it, I'll get it. I mean, that's a different that's a different person. But if you're against getting the vaccine and you are getting it just to stay at your job, you're balancing your family, your family's financial future. You're ba balancing your career future, your ability to have an audience at all. You're balancing all sorts of things. This is not an easy decision, is it? No, it's going to be the most important decision of our lifetimes. What each of us do now will be remembered. We are living history. And what each of us do will be remembered. And it will be remembered first by our families. Our children will remember what we do and their fate and the fate of our children's children will rely on what we choose and how we handle ourselves right now. You know, I, I've been thinking about this for a while. We, tomorrow I should just we should just I, I want to examine the song from Frank Sinatra, My Way. That is. That that's the answer. That's the answer. Are you going to be the person that lives on your knees? Or are you the person that is going to do it your way? In America, that was, that's a quintessential American songbook standard, okay? Mm -hmm. And in no other place could that be, okay? Because no other place on earth um, uh, allows you to and encourages you to be who you are. Mm -hmm. Okay. We don't encourage that anymore. And so now you have to decide, is the American experiment going to end with me? Because I will get down on my knees and I will kiss the ring. I will do whatever I have to do just so I can be left alone. You're not going to be left alone. I guarantee it. You won't be left alone. There will be something else that you have to do. For instance, with Steele again, it was get the vaccine. She got the vaccine, but that's not good enough for Disney. Mm. You have to say, I want the vaccine. No, it's only going to get harder from here. And you won't have the muscle tone, the mental and spiritual muscle tone to be able to stand it if you don't stand now. I'm going to if you haven't heard the comments from Sage Steele, we're going to play them here in a couple of minutes. Uh, before you go, Glenn, uh, Mercury One. This weekend, the 10 year anniversary. It's crazy, isn't it? That does not seem possible. I know. And when we look back to. To what has been accomplished in 10 years, 
is what's been accomplished in the last 10 weeks. Yeah, it's just remarkable. I'm going to give um, the fullest update I can on um, on uh, the Nazarene Fund on Saturday and some some really amazing things. I'm also going to lay out for the first time uh, kind of the theme of my existence for the next few years. It, there, there's there's three tent poles to this um, tent that I have in my head that I'm building. And the first one is going to be released uh, on Saturday. And um, it is an actual to-do list. If you want to stand against it, what? how do I do it? And this is, okay, you want to do that? Step one is this. Hmm. And we'll talk about it on radio on Monday. But I'll, it'll happen live uh, on Saturday. And people can still get involved in this? Yeah, I mean, um, I think you can go and get tickets at uh, mercuryone.org or m1nextchapter.com. Okay. Um, and I'd love, to, I'd love to have you there. Great. Uh, all right, Glenn Beck, the new special is Harmful Content, How King Biden is Killing the Constitution. It's coming up next at 9 p.m. Eastern, and it's always the best way to watch with your uh, is with your very own subscription to Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash stew. Enter the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show despite Glenn's lack of enthusiasm for appearing on it. I mean, I can't believe I'm here every week. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, you'll save 10 bucks if you go to that website at least. Well, at least I could watch it or I could, I could pretend to watch it. I have to actually sit here and talk to you. Back in a second. So Bill de Blasio is in the New York Times today. Uh, de Blasio, who has been a polarizing figure during his two terms in office, which is true. You know, some people don't like Bill de Blasio. Other people hate him. And so there's this fight between those two warring factions. Very polarizing. Um, the headline is fantastic. Bill de Blasio thinks he could be governor. Does anyone else? Of course, the answer to that is no. No one else wants him to be governor. No one else thinks he should be governor. New York is thinking to himself, like, how can we do worse than Andrew Cuomo? Uh, I don't. There's only one person. So it would make sense that he would actually win. I can't believe he would win. Uh, if you don't know Bill de Blasio and you want to just you know, take a little quick look back on his history, uh, we have uh, this little package for you. Hey, now. Uh, hey, now. Um, hey, my, my name is Bill. Um, no, no, that's, that's my old name. No, no, that's, that's my second name. That's it. I'm Bill. I'm 26 years old, and I went to Columbia. Uh, you may have heard of it. I thought so, yeah. Yeah, um, well, I studied... Latin American politics, and uh, oh, I picked up a little conversational Espanol. Um, uh, hola, hermosa. Uh, Puedo ir al baño. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I do a really good impression of, of a goose's honk. <laughs> York. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully someday it'll be good enough that the New York Times will write about it, but 
All my friends say that the paper of record, they never write about something so stupid. <laughs> Um, I, I enjoy eating vegetable broth. Um, oh, I love to work up a good sweat. Doing the bicycle exercise on the floor. And when I get the chance, I like to get arrested. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, you know, usually it's for protesting the tyranny of the United States. Evil bastards. <laughs> hey, if you're looking or a bad boy to, to, to share rations with in commune, here I am. <laughs> I love to travel. Um, oh, I just got back from Nicaragua. I am a huge fan of the Sandinistas. I, I supported them anyway. I, I, anyway I could, really. I mean... They blew up buildings. They forcibly, you know, relocated people from their homes who, who didn't agree with them. <laughs> Plotted assassinations, I love that. Sang anthems about how the United States is the enemy of mankind. Hail, hail Nicaragua. Nicaragua, here I come. Punch them once, punch them twice. Nicaraguans ever send us. Oh, and, and took hostages to ignite a social revolution. <laughs> Such great memories. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd love a pretty lady to accompany me on my next trip to Cuba. So if you hate America, capitalism, perceived inequality, and, and think communism is communito, call me Billy DeBee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, if you think you can help me with the visual optics of my future mayoral campaign, which will surely be entirely based on class warfare and tearing down people who are actually successful, Give me a ring. <laughs> Odio Cabalas, chicas. Do you like to eat? Probably the answer to that is uh, yes. I mean, I assume if you, I kind of just assume everyone who watches the show or listens to the show likes to eat as much as I do. I don't know why that is. You're probably different and healthier. But if you like to be healthy and you want to, I don't know, have something that tastes delicious but can still be healthy, something that you can eat and justify. That's all I look for. I can't justify the nacho fries at Taco Bell. I mean, I just have to hide them. I just have to buy them and then just eat them like in, a, in, in the closet. I'm, I, I'd like to come out of the closet. Uh, if, you, if, if you too would like to come out of the closet, you need 
Built Bars. Built, you can eat in front of people. You don't have to be embarrassed about jamming them down your gullet every day. They have coconut, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, so many more. They've got nine total flavors, so uh, check them out. 180 calories or less, four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of uh, net carbs. Uh, it's just fantastic. I mean, you're going to love them. Built.com is the place to go to get them. Use the promo code STU15 to save 15% off your first order. Use the promo code STU15 for 15% off right now at Built.com. So the Joe Biden presidency has been a disaster, huh? <laughs> well, the good thing is everyone's at least starting to note that. Quinnipiac has a new poll out, uh, and it actually, the way it reads, it says President Joe Biden receives a negative 38% job approval rating. I think they supposed to be he got a negative job approval rating. That's at 38%. But negative 38% actually is where it should be. Uh, he's at 38%. 53% are disapproving right now. Now, you'd expect this 94 to 4 uh, among Republicans uh, oppose his presidency um, and think he's doing a bad job. Um, Democrats, of course, you think would approve. They do 80 to 10. Not nearly as strong, though, as Republicans disapprove. And then independents disapprove overwhelmingly 60 to 32 among uh, independents only a 32 percent approval rating among independents already this has been a catastrophe let me break down some of the categories for you here real quick maybe we'll get into this a little bit more tomorrow but uh, coronavirus uh, 48 percent approve uh, economy 39 percent approve his job of commander-in-chief of the military 37 percent uh, taxes 37 percent foreign policy 34 percent immigration 25% and the border, that's the situation at the Mexican border is the way they phrase it, 23% approval. I will say the, the media has tried to cover for him and some of this at the border uh, and in Afghanistan. And as you can see, even though they are, this stuff's still breaking through to the American people. They're still seeing it. And that is a really, if there's any good part of this presidency so far, maybe a point to that, that people are actually getting to the facts eventually. Thank you for putting us over 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. We totally appreciate that. By the way, you can go to YouTube, subscribe, please do that, and also comment on the show. We love your comments. Put a million of them down there. I mean, maybe not a million, but we love to hear your thoughts. This one comes in uh, about yesterday's show in Kirsten Cinema. If you know you're being followed into a public restroom, make sure you down several trays of food from Taco Bell beforehand. Make those activists suffer for their transgressions. That's a great point. I really wish I said that yesterday. Um, here is uh, the YouTube review, or excuse me, the podcast reviews. Five stars, the appropriate number of stars. Uh, the cost of Biden. I think you should care about what kids are being taught in public schools because those people will be running the country when you're old and you don't want to live in a communist country, do you? Love the interview with Elijah. Uh, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Uh, make sure to check out uh, their show as well. You are here, available on YouTube. Okay, so here's what happened. Uh, bears. They get skinny because they don't get to eat. And then they start getting ready for the hibernation period. And they say they start jamming food down like, you know, you're going to Taco Bell and they get fat. And some people find this funny. So they've named the fattest bear award to some bear named uh, 480 Otis. Do we have a picture of 480 Otis? He's a fat bear. And I hate to play the woke card here, but since when is it okay to fat shame bears? They are unique and beautiful creatures, and we should all be happy for them. Plus, if they're full, they're less likely to eat you, so don't taunt them.